Oh yeah, but uh, about that FBI agent listening on your uh, on your Google Home. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like well, every- three of them, and I'm about to get two more from a buddy. So you know. Hey, you want two of mine? I'm getting rid of mine. I'll take them. I'll throw one in every room, <laughs> mainly because like I have all my lights. Like, uh, might want to mute the audio for this part. But hey, Google, turn off the dining room. Of course, it doesn't work when I try. Yeah. <laughs> Google, turn off the dining room. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got rid of mine because, you know, all the all the security glitches out there and then they're just those microphones are always on. They're always recording and Google tracks everything, even though you tell it they not to. They still track everything. They still record everything. I mean, how do you think they're... Uh, their algorithm well, is when, better. Well, what, what's the saying? If you don't pay for the service, you're the product. Yeah. Or if you don't pay for the product, you're the product. And yeah. We're all, I mean, we're all on Facebook. <laughs> yep. Like I was at a client site one time and there was a, uh, the guy who is like the general manager or whatever. He had something on his wall about um, nuclear submarines. And I was like, oh, looking around i see other stuff i'm like i guess you were in the navy yep i drove i drove a nuclear submarine oh that's interesting so i asked him about it when i left that site five hours later i had an ad on facebook for do you want to go to nuclear submarine school i was like really i haven't even (laughs) googled anything yep same thing happened to me at work we were uh talking about mattresses and the uh purple mattress and casper and all that stuff the that they were hawking on all the youtube videos and literally not 20 minutes later i'm popping up facebook on my phone and i'm seeing ad after ad of casper and purple mattresses yep you got to go in and revoke those permissions you know facebook don't listen to my microphone (laughs) yeah well yeah i don't i don't let it but they still do oh yeah it it must be something i don't know how the iphone api works but i i know how the android api works i'm pretty sure Their Facebook's not listening directly to the microphone, but the microphone and the cameras are always on on the Android phones. So since it's always streaming yeah. to the device, I'm pretty sure they just tapped in the device. And like, we're not listening, oh. but you're listening. <laughs> it's yeah. on the EULA. Tinfoil hat. Yeah. Hey, it's only strange if it's the best conspiracies are the ones that's true. They're all true. Weird Al Yankovic just freaking nailed it with his uh, song, Foil. Oh. <laughs> he nailed it. I thought Weird Al was the king of the lizard people, and he's the leader of the Flat Earth Conspiracy. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Real nice guy, though, by the way. Real nice guy. I've actually met him. I've, ne- I've, I've never met him. I'd like to, though. I've, I, uh, I, used to, I used to know every word to uh, Albuquerque. <laughs> Wow. And he, uh, he did a uh, show up in Indianapolis uh, on mine and Vicky's anniversary. So we're like, well, let's just have our anniversary uh, at a Weird Al concert. And then we, we sprung for the VIP package for the pre-party and then after show party and meet and greet with Al. Really nice guy. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. For- also, props to to Vicky for uh, being totally down with that. 
It was her idea. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I picked a winner. Or she, well, she settled for me. We all know that. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I don't know. We know the truth. I, I have never hidden the fact. Vicky settled when it came to me. She claimed she didn't, but we all she, know the truth. She settled and you married up. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So tonight's topic, things we shouldn't do, but do anyway. Or but we're made to do, or whatever. <laughs> oh, Anything boy. that fits into that category. Yeah, I feel a whole lot of self-censoring coming up. Yep. Don't violate OPSEC. Don't tell anything you shouldn't say. Just keep it broad, keep it vague. But let's hear the story. Don't jeopardize your mortgage or your marriage. That's basically yeah. it. Yep. Or your fu- your future mortgage or your future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. We never know what's going to happen. I know, right? All right. So, Oren, you were saying earlier about the client client site was had to rerun a bunch of cable because it wasn't up to something. Yeah, they. Um, we were there. Um, so the IT guy's son had his own company that ran all the data cable. Go figure. He got to bid. Um, so we were just doing sound for the entire building because the entire building was. I don't know, probably, you know, an acre or two under roof. And so we were just running 18-2 everywhere for horns and everything else they needed. While we were there, the alarm guys were there, too, running their stuff. And I never paid much attention to them um, until the IT guy told me they had ran all their stuff. And it's just your, you know, your typical trust work, steel, everything. They ran everything through the trust work on the seal of this building and that's a no-no on the fire code and you would think the emergency guys would know that we knew that but apparently they didn't so they ran like a hundred cables all over the place through this building and when they got done they were told they had to (laughs) redo it all and we're not paying you anymore (laughs) that hurts oh man it shouldn't be that hard i mean you're just relocating the cable right or do they have to like take it, cut it all, and rerun it from the box? Well, I mean, however, however they ran it, I imagine if you're going to put it on the ceiling, you're either zip tying it or um, using buttons with zip ties, something to secure it to the ceiling in some way. I don't know how they. Maybe they just did rings or rings and beam clamps or something that were right up on the ceiling. But they put them right up on the ceiling, so they had to redo the whole thing. I don't know how long it took them because we got done. About the same time they did the first time, so <laughs> you never call. You never go back and be like, "So how 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 big a screw up this was this?" No, I didn't want to be that big of an ass because they actually bid the entire project and only got the alarm part. So I'm sure they were bitter already. <laughs> oh man, if you had been with us, we would have done it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get it right the first time, you know. Save you, save you some money. money. Yeah. I'm sure we all have stories for that one. Save some money. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, and I've had my fair share of oops at daisies We did, uh, we recabled one room for a school. And I don't know, uh, we were redoing their computer room. So, you know, for a school, that's like, oh, God. Like 100 computers we re-ran, and 
um, school's old, so it's all concrete block and everything that we're running through and have to fish it through holes in the block to get to drop ceiling and everything. And we ran everything, and then I don't know why one of us thought of it, but one of us thought, hey, that box doesn't say plenum. Mm-hmm. We're in school. Is that supposed to be plenum? Uh, <laughs> shit. So we reran all of them. Good times. I hate running cables. And I'm a network engineer. And I hate running cables. Man, there's two types of engineers. Those who run cables and those who sit in a knock. (laughs) I don't 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 have this run. Just depends where where it is, what the environment's like. Because I've been... Oh, trying to avoid naming names, but we've got uh, uh, we've got one client that um, it's a big industrial place. Um, it's a big recycling facility, and to get to one camera and one AP, way 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 out on this big overhang, it took us five hours to run just those two cables, and it was. Horrible. Oh, and to make it better, a week later, one of their operators with the big, uh, I forget what they are, they're the big cat bulldozers, but they they got the claws on front so they can grab up heaps of stuff to recycle. Um, They got it caught on the overhang and ripped out our cables. So they paid us a second time, but we had to go back and redo a five-hour cable run. Lovely. Vice versa, brand new construction in an office for their new accounting office. We ran 52 cables in about an hour and a half because there was nothing there. That, hey, best time to run a cable. Makes your life super easy. Until you Mm -hmm. have a manager walk in and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do it this way. We're moving where your cabinet's going to go. But it's supposed to go right here about three feet away from the electrical box. See, you know, I can mirror what the the electrician did and just be super easy. Like, no, I want it upstairs in the ceiling. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. So completely uh, don't have the proper tools because was not expecting this. This has to be done today. I'm three hours away from the office. <laughs> so I literally mm-hmm. have a, a drill with a one or a half inch uh, bit. So I just drill <laughs> like four holes <laughs> <laughs> and run all the cables like behind the framing. And up into the, up no zip ties either because I wasn't expecting to have to do this. So literally just kind of like wrap wrap it around the girder at a certain point, and wrap it around the use one cable to wrap around uh, the electrical to hold up the the cable pipe to pipe up into the ceiling. <sighs> yeah, I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised it worked. Because I wasn't going back to redo it, and I didn't like dealing with that manager. Because uh, every time you walk in there, it is like a yelling match. Mm. Oh yeah. So the only, the only one that I could think of where I'd like saved money or saved the company money. Uh, I'm from, I'm guessing you guys are familiar with how crappy dealing with licensing is, right? Oh, oh yeah. So when I was at a VoIP MSP, uh, one of the things we would do is we would have uh, Cisco phone, Cisco hard phone, you know, a desk phone or whatever. And then we'd also have uh, 
customers would also want a uh, soft phone for desktops and whatnot. No big deal. We were using one license each, one for the soft phone, one for the uh, desk phone. Well, while I was studying for my CCNA voice and CCNP voice, found this little tidbit that if you're on a Cisco system using a Cisco phone, they just give you a soft phone license or they bundle, they'll bundle it in. Since everything was running CCM, it was like, hey, one license covers uh, soft phone, Jabber, their video conferencing. Oh, I'm not sure about their video, but I know soft phone and Jabber, it was all one license, which was nice. Well, we were still selling, we were selling two uh, licenses to each customer that wanted the soft phone. Ended up saving the company a butt ton of money. Because, you know, one, they were still able to sell the second, like, quote unquote, license, or it was an upcharge to have soft phone, is what it was classified as. Right. And, uh, but we were on now only paying for one license, and it was, it was estimated that we saved them, well, there, there was no real numbers thrown around, but we figured up based on how many customers that were using soft phone and a desk phone and basically cutting away one of those annual licenses. It was a couple million bucks though, a year we were saving. I was like, oh, don't we have this program that if you find a way to save the company money, you get 10% of the first year savings? Because <laughs> I heard I heard something about it, and so me and the other guy that found it or brought it to management, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not we're not bonusing you, you know, hundred a hundred thousand dollars, blah blah blah." And I don't, and they're like, "We're not." Well, they they were like, "We're not really sure if you know we could actually if that if that bonus program is still in play since you know." Company's been bought and sold and all that. Wow. We weasel I, out of the deal with you. Yeah, I don't know if it was a weasel out of the deal. Well, okay, yeah, it was a weasel out of the deal thing in my opinion. But my guess is the VP that we brought it to probably took it for himself. That's he was a weasel. That's that sounds accurate. That sounds about right. But because yeah, it would have been nice between me and my cohort. Let's say it was a hundred thousand dollar bonus. We saved the company a million dollars. We got ten years. I'm ha perfectly happy with splitting a hundred thousand dollar bonus. They could have just lied. Like, here's here's ten thousand dollar. Here's ten thousand dollar bonus check for finding that. Yeah. Well, I would have been happy with that too. Because I mean, they had this awesome program for certifications. You got a CCNA while you were there. Two thousand dollar bonus. CCNP five thousand dollar bonus. CCIE seventy five hundred dollar bonus. We kind of took advantage of that because do they pay? Uh, do they pay for the they certs? They paid for the exams. They paid for they paid for past exams. If you failed the exam, then no, they didn't pay for it. Will they pay for the trainings? So like if you went to a boot no. camp, then passed. Okay, no. so that's what I was about to ask. But you no, kind of paying for, for it with the bonus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they give you two thousand dollars, and well, they kind of uh, altered it because me and my cohort. Oh, they also had if you renewed your CCNA, you got five thousand. Or 500, which is still a nice little bonus. Plus, they paid for your cert. Um, but, like, me and Robert, we were uh, just going to get all sorts of CCNAs. Like, he got a CCNA voice, then he got another uh, CCNA design, $2,000 each time. 
And like the day before I sat my CCNA voice, uh, they changed the policy to where if you get a, a different type of same level cert, you only get 500 bucks. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it's still 500 bucks is nice and it is a very generous program. I mean, I, that's one thing I will say. It's a very yeah. generous program. They're gonna, they're gonna give you the money for it. That that sounds more in line about in with what they probably intended. You know, we'll give you two thousand yeah. dollars for your NA. We'll give you five thousand for your MP, and then we'll give you seventy five hundred for your IE. That yeah. makes sense, you know, progressively. But just going out and like getting all the NAs, especially Cisco, there for a while, they were just like. Fuck it. We'll, <laughs> we'll throw an NA on it and uh, we'll give us our own certification ladder and we'll use it to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and I mean, it, 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 it benefited the company as well because they were a Cisco gold partner. So they had to maintain a certain level of CCNA, CCIE, CCNP, so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> like, oh, yeah, because they get a huge discounts because oh, yeah. we were, or they were a reseller, or they still are, I guess, a reseller of uh, Cisco equipment too. So like when a customer came to us, we were we're like, all right, here's what we can offer. And here's, you could buy everything through us. And generally the price for the equipment was a little bit less than if you were to buy it retail. But we still made a profit on it, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. I mean, the customer gets a discount. You guys probably made, I don't, I don't, I have no idea how much of a discount you get as a partner. I've never been a partner. I've never seen the numbers as a partner, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I never got to see the numbers, so. It depends on what level of partner you are. Um, we were gold, so. Yeah, so. Um, don't like violate some, anything here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we've bid, we've bid a couple of jobs that were, um, that were hospitals. Um, so, you know, you're talking, uh, one that we did was a CCM that was, uh, Jesus, I think four or 500 devices. And, and we quoted it, we ended up getting the, the install portion, which is fine. Um, but CCW quoted just the hardware yeah we can't compete with that ccw's got you know i guess gold or whatever that top level that top tier uh partnership yeah. is there's no way we're gonna need the same discounts they are no but you guys yeah, did the install work which is where the real money is i don't know ask my dad about that i'll let him decide if it was worth it because the guy that's in charge of the thing has a real bad habit of calling my dad up on, you know, Sunday night at six o'clock. Hey, I was going to make this change and I broke it. Can you help? <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with those. Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh... I know at least, at least Kevin, at least that's a, at least that's a good way. Like a, 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 it's a good way to help a client save money, right? You found found something good. I was picturing in my head whenever we, you know, cutting cost corners, I was thinking of the people who, well, do we have to do it that way? Can, oh, we, not, yeah. can we not do it this way? Can, can, we, can we just like shave a couple hundred bucks off of that? 
I mean, we could do it that way, but you ain't going to like it. Yeah. You know, you'll end up spending more having paying us to come in and fix it and keep band-aiding it instead of doing it right the first time. Exactly. More of an upfront cost, but less in maintenance costs. We had... Uh... <laughs> We had a client, I don't know what they're going to, I think they ended up going with someone else, which is fine because they were paying. Um, they had a three com. I think they still have a three com. Oh, God. And, yeah. And that is well beyond, you know, my era <laughs> of being able to work on phones. Um, so my dad took care of that one and he band aid and band aid and band aid and band aid. It was like, look, guys, this thing is so many years beyond even being able to find hardware, let alone support. You guys need to buy something else. Nope, 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 nope. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. Well, we can still make it work. We can still make it work. We don't want to spend the money. And then whenever we got to a point like, look, guys, I mean, it's it's about to the point that it's beyond repair. We're going to have to figure something else out. They found some stupid reason to be upset at, you know, why it wasn't working properly and so they went with a different solution than what we offer them so fuck it that that yeah. sounds about right speaking of 3com i and do still have work. i do still have a local client uh that, that i just take care of as you know kind of a side deal uh they're still running a 3com core switch <laughs> because they refused up it's from 2005 and it just keeps on chugging like a tank. An old 10-100 3-com switch from 2005. And it's just still plugging away. No problems. Like it, The, the uh, HPE switches I sold them to install because I hate Cisco. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys are Cisco. Uh, it's okay. We still, you know, <laughs> we still tolerate you. But we need to get you in heavy armor so I can make you pay for that comment. Well... At least with HP, I don't have to pay for support or pay for a warranty. Or the CLI that's so complicated that I need to go to go spend $2,000 to go to a training seminar to get a certification to figure out how to use it. Oh, buddy, I could teach you how to use Cisco in a day. Oh, I, Literally, I, I've, a been, day. I've been through the NA. I know exact. I know how to use the CLI. I hate, I hate it. But anyway... I had to go back a couple times, replace their, and, you know, reboot their HPEs. Uh, I think they're 2920s, just small little 24-port switches uh, spread out through all of the building. But that 3-column, man, it never dies. Nothing ever goes wrong with it. It just keeps chugging along. Like It's like, okay, buddy, we're good. One of these days, it's going to fail catastrophically, and they're going to be very upset. <laughs> Well, the good news is it's a flat network. So, I mean, any layer two switch, you go in there and drop in, it's going to be fine. So, I mean, like... The part that would kill me is it's 10-100. Yeah, they're, they're uh, still 10-100. They refuse to upgrade anything, which is why I don't... They operate on really, really, really tight margins. I mean, the, the whole business employs 15 people, and they might profit 150 grand a year. So, I mean, they they have very low costs, and they refuse to raise their prices, and they refuse to expand, and they refuse to spend money. So, whatever, that's how they want to do business. That's how they want to run their well, business. That's fine. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of the don't fix what ain't broke. I mean, if you get too big, I, 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 I can respect their, uh, their philosophy on don't expand. We're comfortable where we're at. We don't need more, blah, blah, blah. I, I can respect but, it, but the reason they called me in in the first place is they didn't want to spend $125, $150 an hour on a contracting firm to come in who had the resources to come, to actually do everything they needed. Uh, literally, all I did was go in and throw a Synology NAS. I res brought back to a old Dell Optiplex XP system from like the mid-2000s back to life, and it's limping along still. And... Uh, yeah, because they, they they do a lot of art. That's their primary thing is art. Uh, they have a couple machines that are up to date, but they just refuse to spend anything spend anything on anything. Uh, like their new phone system they just deployed is a 3CX system, which they can get for free and run it in Google Cloud for free on the free tier with a very cheap SIP trunk that costs like $15 a month, and they're all using soft phones and the $10 USB headsets from Best Buy. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, that. that's how, like, minimal we're talking here. Like, just absolutely refuse to spend any type of money. Well, I mean, I guess... I, I do feel like I do need to add in, they don't pay me cash. They don't pay me money to help them out. I just do it for beer. Basically, <laughs> well, you know that's always fun. Because it's like, like I feel responsible, man. Like I've got to help these. I got to help them out, otherwise their their business is gonna fail, and like that's it. Fifteen people are gonna be out of a job tomorrow. <laughs> but then again, I'm yeah. but then again, I'm enabling that behavior, so I don't know what to do. But they, there are worse trade offs. There are, but they only they only call me once every six months or so. Not, not a big deal, and it's like a two hour two hour dealy deal. So going on a Saturday and okay, this together, and we're like, all right, we're good. Six pack, and get a six pack, and I like the lady that owns the place, so she's she's super nice. Well, if I mean if they're good customers, then you know sometimes it's worth it. That that's really all it comes down to is they're they're nice people and I I enjoy them so I'll help they're in a the spot. Let's Sorry, see. My son's refusing to uh, go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can hear him, but yeah, I'm trying to mute it as much as possible. You're good. Hey, you're right. Man, Zoom has got themselves in a pile of shit. Yeah, they do. With all the security flaws. Now? Yeah, with all all the security flaws, they never actually implemented E two E encryption in, in, in encryption. They said they did, mm -hmm. so I'm surprised no one's taken them to court for false advertising. They said they did because I've known for a long time. I mean, that was like the the big thing was they don't do end to end encryption. So why use them? I thought it was common knowledge. I never knew they put it like in their. Yeah, they said they were. There were security clause or whatever that they have end to end. They said they were, they say, but the press release says currently not possible. Uh, but they're using combination of TCP and UDP transmissions, using TLS and UDP, K 
connections which are encrypted with AES. So the tunnel's connected, but the endpoints aren't protected. It's like you're so it's not end it's not end to end, it's like end to server. I guess. It's not does so it say even well, go ahead. Does it say even like which version of AES they're using? Nah, I don't think they'll tell us. Uh something fucking antiquated. Probably. And this is this is back on the second, so there's probably more more current, better information out there. So basically don't use Zoom. I mean at least, uh, well, WebEx is the free tier. WebEx is, you know, fully compliant. Yeah. Like I mean, if, go ahead. If you're some small little, like my doctor's office, right? While all this is going on, send us out a, a message that if you need something, call us. We'll do a Zoom meeting. Well, sure. You, well, no, I disagree with you on that, especially medical, because that can really screw you up with uh, HIPAA violations. Uh, HIP has been because, HIP has been suspended with that currently, but oh, only, really? only well, for te- only for telemedical. Uh, oh. HIP, HIP is still applies for all data breaches and all that. The only part it's been suspended is the tele telecommunications aspect. Now, if data still gets out, so if they use a Zoom meeting and it still gets leaked and that recording gets out there somewhere, that is still a HIPAA violation. Yeah. So, so what a lot of like what uh, my doctors are using is an, uh, an app called. Uh, it's specifically for medical stuff so i guess depends on who you are if 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 i was talking to my doctor and he said whatever about my health and all of a sudden there's a video out there of me talking about oh orin you're overweight and your cholesterol sucks and everything else (laughs) i don't really care okay (laughs) so so i can understand that side of it but say somebody as an STI or STD, and they don't want it out. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. Well, my wife works for a medical school. And so, I, you know, I hear all about that. I mean, HIPAA and FERPA are pretty much the same thing, just different. But the med school has to follow all HIPAA guidelines. Like even the, uh, uh, the thing my wife does, she runs a program or she works for a program that involves a lot of labs. So mm-hmm. fake patients come in, the med students basically do the, do a diagnosis, history, full body exam, MGRs, BP exams, all that stuff. But like the cases are fake. The, the names are fake, the histories are fake, but they're doing it on a real person. They can't even discuss outside of whatever, Fake cases, the fake cases with face names, they can't even discuss it because, or at least publicly, because of HIPAA, even though it's completely fabricated, fake, made up, whatever. Oh, nothing's ever completely fabricated. These names have been changed to protect the identities. Exactly. (laughs) But like, it's really weird because people think, oh, I can talk about, I can talk about this medical case because I'm not naming the person. But I mean, and Trevor, you've probably heard some of this from, you know, Aaron. Yeah. But like, even if they described, you know, X, you know, patient of mine has Ebola. Well, that's an identifying marker. Yeah. yeah, an identifying marker. It's still PPI. Well, so, anything your medical history, you 
or and even if you don't care about like your cholesterol or your your weight being released or your BMI or any of that, it's still considered a uh, violation. So yeah. oh no 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 I know I mean I, I know it's but, still a violation and there are people out there who are going to care. I just mean for me personally, it's like the same oh, yeah. comment I made earlier about the FBI agent. If there's an FBI agent listening and watching everything I'm doing, I'd be amazed if he hasn't shot himself yet because. <laughs> You're boring. Yeah, I'll do fuck all. <laughs> oh, I'll be right back. My son is yelling for me, so I'm gonna pause my video and I'll be right back. You do your thing, okay. man. You do your thing. Yeah, it's one of the biggest pains in the ass. I don't understand why these guys just didn't make it compliant anyway. Because you know HIPAA and PCI are pretty, pretty close together. I mean, realistically, just once, yeah. or at least on the tech side, like you just encrypt your stuff. You you basically follow the three A's: encrypt it, uh, make sure your accountability there and your accessibility is there. That's yeah. That's really it. You just log everything that happens, and it's kind of good practice as a sysadmin because when things go wrong, you want to have the records to show what was going on. So I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. Like even you could even go to the high trust Texas's version of HIPAA, which is even further advanced than uh, like, Oh, what was it? If I wanted, if you, if I wanted to release my personal information to you, I don't only have, I think I have to have an attorney's signature on top of my signature uh, for, for the doctor to release it to anybody. Like it, it goes, it goes, it goes a step further. Uh, they take personal security down there pretty well. It's Texas. I mean, you cross the state line, they give you a revolver. So they take personal security yeah. down there pretty seriously. Give you a revolver and a fifth of whiskey. Welcome to Texas, boy. Get your ass in there and uh, get you some steak. Oh, we still have to go back. Uh, Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right, about, guys, about, an hour, about an hour east of Dallas. Yeah, we still have to go back. We were going to go back uh, right about the time all the Corona stuff hit. So, what do you? Uh, who do you guys use for your training? Training for? Oh, you're you're going down there for work. Yes, I, I thought you were going down. I thought you were going down there for your Cisco training. No, nope. Going down there to finish the job we started in uh, December. And you guys, unless you drive, you're stuck up here. We are driving. Ugh. That's, not that, that's not that bad. I, I, hey, I hate driving, so, yeah. Uh, Evansville to Dallas, I think it's like 14, 15 hours. <gasps> no. To where we're going, it is uh, 11. That's not terrible. I mean, you can knock well, it out a day. We'll be about an hour east of Dallas. It's not terrible. No. no, it's just, oh, it's boring. I tell you what, though, man, when you get into Arkansas, the speed limit goes up above 70. And. Goes to like 75. Do what? Goes up to 75, I believe. Yeah, the only reason I can imagine is to get you through that state as fast as humanly <laughs> possible. So, because there is nothing there. I don't know. Little My Rock grandparents was... who lived in Blytheville. So, 
Little Rock was pretty cool to stay in. We we stayed in a hotel right there on the on the river, but that was about it. Oh, I thought you were doing a Forrest Gump quote. What? What? There's a Forrest Gump quote in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Little Rock uh, when uh, what's his face and they go over to Vietnam and introduced to Lieutenant Dan, and they're like Arkansas, huh? Never really liked. Well, Little Rock was nice, but <laughs> Little Rock was. A- Sorry, I- I'll, yeah. I'll shut up. No, you're good. I never. I don't. I mean, I, I don't remember that kindergarten. Oh, I don't remember that quote. I just remember Lieutenant Dan ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. All right, so Orin, I. Stations uh, are back. So from I'm from the Evansville area. I grew up up here. Um, so I graduated Gibson Southern. I originally went to college for history. And decided after two years that I wanted to break from that. Um, worked a couple of odd jobs. My dad and my stepmom, at that time, future stepmom, um, wanted to kind of start their own thing. So they started their own company. They bought um, basically the client list off of someone who was getting into retirement age just about. He was going to move uh, up to Peru, Indiana with his wife. Okay. So we bought the client list that he had accrued over however many years. He and my dad had kind of worked together. And that's kind of where we started. I originally came on as just kind of sales because, uh, as you can probably tell, I talk a lot. So um, my dad thought, hey, you can do the sales thing. So I did just purely sales for probably a year or two. That would have been like 2012, 13, into 14. And then gradually, I kind of started doing the tech stuff with my dad. And as it turns out, I think I'm better at the tech stuff than the sales stuff. So it just gradually turned into me doing more and more and more on the tech side. So I've got a couple of CCNAs now. Um, I actually did a CCNA once, let it lapse. So had a redo CCNA. Now I have a couple of CCNAs. Um, And I've done projects, big, small. our company is still small. There's only five of us, but but we like what we do. We like the clients that we have. Um, we're doing more. Um, I don't know if Trevor's mentioned it, but we've talked to to him um, about doing some Cisco video endpoints, like the room kits and everything else. That's my brother's side of things. That turned into a shit show, by the way. <laughs> but so the room kits, we've done a lot of the room kits for um, for local companies around here. Um, also, room kits very popular with uh, with law enforcement because the less they have to transport um, an inmate in front of a judge, the safer it is for everybody. So, really popular with local law enforcement and other stuff. Um, so, we do the Cisco room kits. We do um, Yay Link phones for people who uh, want a hosted service. Um, we do a lot with the Amazon Web Service. Uh, services they've got all the uh, all the hardware we need so why pay to do a whole bunch of stuff at our office for clients that ask for it we just use amazon um, yeah, better redundancy you know yeah so for me personally i do usually anything that is strong back weak mind i somehow get roped into doing so a lot of the cable runs whether it's copper fiber whatever i'm usually doing it um, I hate to admit it, but I'm fairly good at fiber, even though it's really, really slow and painful and annoying. 
um, any of uh, switching networking configs, which is firewalls. We do a lot with the Cisco Meraki stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Love Cisco Meraki. I don't I like Cisco. There's nothing wrong with the command line interface. Yeah. Don't give me that. Cisco Meraki Klee is, is good. Klee is good. Wonderful. Klee is good. Cisco bad. Klee is good. Cisco bad. <laughs> what about Meraki? Meraki is wonderful. Their web GUI is. There, so I honestly can't church. say anything. Sorry. I can't okay. say anything. I've never worked with Meraki. I can just bash Cisco because I have ba- worked with a lot of Cisco. I don't like Cisco. Try Meraki. Try Meraki. I'm not in a current situation where I can because I don't actually touch any of the network gear anymore. I am literally just coming in and it's like I touch. I have I have two servers. I have two physical servers. The rest of my stuff is all virtualized and it's all in the cloud. Like I I don't I don't do nothing. Like I can I can run my entire stuff set up from here. Like I don't even have to go anywhere if I don't want to. Yeah. So I've used Meraki. Uh, my previous church. Like they have a school and I was on their board of technology and uh, yeah, they use Cisco Meraki for all their APs and uh, wireless IDS, IPS, DPI and all that stuff. And their GUI is really nice. It's, I mean, it's like SD-WAN for Wi-Fi. I mean, there's more to it. You can do VPN and all that stuff too, but it's basically SD-WAN. Trevor, if we ever get a chance, I'll let you play with, with my stuff, we can. I'll show you around. I tell you what. You, you want to play with your stuff? <laughs> yes. Um, have you ever done the web GUI for like a video? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like Cisco's Cisco's uh, switches. Have you done the web GUI for their switches? Like the actual Cisco brand switches? Yeah. It is trash. Yes. Yes. It is. Yes, it is. The the Klee is even trash. Like it. You have to actually oh. get in a, the the Cisco mindset to understand how the Klee's going. Like it doesn't make sense. Like if you ask a logical person, this is what you need to order it in. This is the categories. Order it, and it's like, eh. you know. So I mean? okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an argument on that. It's all based on what you're exposed to and what your personal preference is. Exactly. Because I go That's... into HP stuff or Juniper stuff, and I'm lost. I'm like, this is. No, this is stupid. Why do they have it this way and that way? And I'm like, no, I just want to be able to say this VLAN on this port and do, do this and do that and done. That, that and so it's it's my my first networking job. I'll be fully honest with you. I it was in an HP environment. Uh, I got sent to Cisco training, so I went and got my NA suite. This is when they were doing the uh, ENT the NA, NA security and uh, DA on the, on the one shot. So you, seven oh, days wow. you get all four of those. Mm-hmm. So I, I went and did that and I came back and was thrown from back into an HP environment. So I learned the HP environment and how like they think, uh, yeah. which is, and I'm also the anti Trevor. <laughs> so like everything, if, if anything's standard or if this is what everybody uses, I, half it's in my dna i have to go against the crowd i cannot do it so if the world is cisco i'm like i gotta go hp <laughs> just for precedence like when intel became really big after uh the uh, processor wars mm-hmm. i i was hardcore amd because fuck intel i didn't have a good reason it was just fuck intel <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i've been hardcore amd for a while for 
a long time, mainly because one, the processors are cheaper. <laughs> They're perform for what I do, the performance is is just on par as far as between Intel, because I'm not a gamer, so I don't care about single core performance or anything like that. And now AMD is like freaking kicking butt with uh, Ryzen two. May yeah, Ryzen three. Not only that. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jesus Ryzen three. Christ, they did. It was unnecessary to come out with another line. They that now they're just showing off at this point. Well, <laughs> basically, Intel's getting a taste of their own medicine, but yeah. it's also it's also been really good because now it's making Intel step up their game. Well, Intel Intel's like. Intel didn't make any advances after they won. Every iteration, every new iteration of their processor or their processor oh, just architecture, small. It was small. It was either like a ten percent power efficiency improvement, or like a mm -hmm. they just change how a bridge works so it's more efficient. Whereas AMD's like, yeah, yeah. Now we we went from being twenty five percent behind to being ten percent ahead. Then the next generation, they're twenty five percent ahead. Now they're fifty percent ahead on single core performance. Well, on threaded performance, they're they're matched on single core. But they never said they wanted to do single core performance. They wanted that dual core, and they got the contracts uh, for the Xbox, the next generation Xbox, and the next generation PlayStation. And they're stealing, and they're getting the uh, the GPU. So they've got both the yeah. CPU and the GPU, which is just leaving in Intel and Nvidia completely out of that space entirely. Plus the new Epic chips, which on the servers are amazing. I don't even know why anybody would put a Xeon in a in a server right now, just because you can buy a sixty four core, uh, sixty four uh, core or sixty four thread, sixty four core, one hundred twenty eight mm. thread Epic uh, CPU mm. for like ten grand, versus the next gen closest Xeon processors thirty five or forty. Like it is, and, and you're, yeah. you're, but they they only do thirty two. Uh, Intel only does 32. AMD has like is 64, uh, 64 cores. Like why? You're just getting double the performance for a third of the cost. I, I feel like I need yeah. to double check those numbers right now. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't, I don't get check this. I don't get. I we've had a couple of clients that they're smaller clients, but they need an updated. You know, either a couple of updated machines or an updated server or whatever. So I just price something out and I, you know, build something real quick. Hey, this is what it would cost. Why don't we just do this? It's got X, Y, Z, and it's got, you know, just an AMD processor, just as good. And I always get the, no, put Intel in there. Why? What's, what's, what's wrong with AMD? It's just as good. And the machine is $100, $200, $300 less laptop, $100, $200 less than one that just says Intel on it. So I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is the price difference. 24 core Epic, uh, 300, uh, 3 gigahertz max boost, $1,800. That's 24 core. Yeah, it's 24 core. At two, at now, uh, the Intel Xeon Gold, same specs, uh, except for it does have a higher turbo. It does turbo up to 3.7 gigahertz. But it's also costing you four thousand dollars, four thousand ninety-one dollars. The next one that the next one in line, which is the platinum the Xeon Platinum, it's five thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, and that's two point one gigahertz. Uh, and then there are no at least going up on this is on Newegg as of today. 
going up. They're not list. They have stuff in the 28 core. Uh, AMD is in the 32 core. You can still buy a 32 core, uh, two gigahertz with a three with a three gigahertz boost for nineteen hundred dollars, and that's 32 core. <laughs> and there's no there, Intel's not playing in that space. And if you go up to the 64 core, Intel's not playing in the space, and you can get a 64 core 2.25 gigahertz with a 3.4 gigahertz max with a with a turbo to that for seventy five hundred dollars. Well, I mean, okay, let, let's 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 take a look at uh, the desktop side. Red Ripper thirty nine ninety. Oh, that there's no competition there. I yeah, can guarantee for three, that for let's say four thousand dollars thirty three thousand nine hundred ninety dollars for uh, the sixty four core Red Ripper. Four core yeah. Red Ripper, man. Now, Heck yeah, I, I am, I am all about the let's freaking overindulge excess for our hardware because we're geeks, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I look at that and I'm like, there is no way I could ever use 64 cores. Like, it's just me personally. Heck, I don't even have a desktop anymore. I'm running a laptop with a docking station. Uh, the next compete. So AMD is playing 64, 32, and 24 core. The, the highest uh, Intel for the desktop is 18 core really but the wow. but the intel i the top of the line intel i9 is a is cascade lake 18 core three three gigahertz with no boost or at least no boost advertised in the listing for thirty four hundred dollars thirty five hundred dollars so for the same price thirty five hundred dollars for half the price you're getting a gen a gen 2 threat or a gen 3 thread ripper 3970x for nineteen hundred dollars and if you're going to spend what was it, thirty five hundred dollars on a top end Intel, you might as well go for the top end fucking spend two hundred dollars more and get the sixty four core Threadripper. It's the same power usage. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit less uh, on the clock speed, but you're using one hundred twenty eight threads. Yeah, but yeah, I say, but if you if you have, you don't really need all that boost clock or whatever. Generally, or at least my flawed logic. You don't need all that boost clock when you have literally triple the threads. But on top, of, on top of that, uh, I think the i9 is even locked. I don't think it's unlocked. Like the Threadripper, you can you can uh, you can power that up. You can overclock the sixty-four core to uh, well, four gigahertz with with liquid all the, cooling. All the Ryzen Gen three or whatever the the three thousand series. Oh, AMD is always unlocked. Yeah, they're all unlocked. Like even the fifty dollar. Uh, Ryzen three thousand, Ryzen three three thousand, or yeah, the whatever whatever the one with the APU built on it. There's one that has a built-in APU where GPU they call it an APU. It's like fifty bucks and it's uh, overclockable. Now, granted, it's only like dual core, quad core, but oh, the fifty bucks. Oh, oh, I have to change categories to find that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to dig into that, but yeah, Jesus. yeah. just because it says Intel on it, you know. Yep. Yeah, you're paying for the marketing. Well, I mean, even look at it when when Ryzen came out, when when the newest Ryzen came out and was blowing away Intel performance, and all the tech tubers were just gushing over it. When Intel sent out their next CPU 
which was basically their i9 top tier whatever it was like a fifth it was half the cost of the previous generation to try and match uh to try and match amd's pricing flash performance or whatever yeah there's they're so backpedaling right now not backpedaling oh, they're, they're trying to when you got a monopoly for so long, you just expect everyone to stay loyal, right? Yep. Yeah, nobody plans for winter. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody should have known, like, eventually, you know, eventually they're going to get another another CEO who knows what's doing. Because I, I think uh, their CEO is even an engineer. I don't think uh, from... Sue? Uh, I can't remember her last name. She's a PhD. I know that. So she might be from their. She might just came in as like new products all around. Fuck it, we're gonna start here. We're gonna we're gonna take over the world, and this is how we're gonna do it. Lisa Sue, let's see. She's an electrical engineer. Damn. Yeah, always, but uh, you always put the engineers in charge of a tech company because they are always the I know, ones right? That right. Like the second you put an engineer in charge, like it's magical to see what happens. Uh, she's. Went to MIT. She's a real deal, I guess. I mean, she's legit across the yeah. board. She's done really good things for AMD. Well, what she but, joined. Let's be honest. We, yeah. We're the ones that benefit. At the end of the day, oh, yeah. we're benefiting. Because we yeah. higher higher powered products at lower prices. And it just, we're, we're back to where oh. we should be. Oh, I'm sure she's benefiting too. Oh yeah. Oh she, yeah. Whoa. Are you kidding? She's probably a multi-billionaire by now. She probably owns half AMD. Yeah. Like, I, I'm exercising my 51% stock option. I was like, give me those stock <laughs> options at the end of the year. I don't. I don't even want oh, salary. Way, I just want stock option. Lisa oh, the, Sue is also on the board at uh, Cisco Systems. So. Mm. <laughs> okay. I know I bash on Cisco, but I love Cisco's collaboration products. Like the room kits are phenomenal. WebEx is yeah. freaking great. I, I, there's not a bad thing wrong. Like even like the free tier of WebEx is just so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy they put it out for free and I'm happy they released, they took all the limits on away on it. I think the only thing left is like, you can't have over 10 people. And obviously there's no compliance in this when but we're in a situation where we're using it and we're not expecting security or anything like that. I mean, we're even yeah. recording this anyway, so it's like someone else's big deal. Yeah. Real yeah. quick, I, I, I have to I have to say one thing I'll give you credit for, Trevor, on bashing on Cisco's command line. One of the one of the few things I don't like about Cisco. Cisco Switches all in all these networking products they've come out with over the years, command line interface. And over here is the Cisco ASA. Oh. Why in the fuck would you not use the same command line? Because for, they because you had to go get because they bought the company it. from someone else. Oh, that too. <laughs> we just we just had a client by um I don't remember which version of he bought he's redoing all of his core switching across uh it's like a four building campus, whatever it is. But he redid all of his switching, all of his core switching. It's all gonna be the high-end Meraki stuff. Awesome. 
a lot of it is, you know, a lot of the switch is going to be stacked together using their proprietary stacking cables, which, but who cares? You pay, it, you pay really for Cisco. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's fast. It's great. He brings all that to us to help him configure it, and I'm expecting to see some sort of Meraki MX piled in there. No. He sits a ASA down in front of me, and I was like, mother, are you serious? Cheaped out. Or he so, knows, or that's what he's comfortable with. That's one of the two things. He either cheaped out, or that's what he's comfortable. No, with. he's not comfortable with it. He's not comfortable. I mean, he's decent. He's decent at or a lot of it, but he came to us because he wanted to make sure he wasn't going to. Again, uh, big works with a bunch of people in law, so can't really afford to break the network <laughs> whenever he migrates everything over. Um, but why the ASA? Oh, oh, the voice side. I don't know if you deal with Cisco voice stuff, but. Like there's some even different cubes, like how you can have it set up different ways to that uses CAC policies versus dial peers. And, and now this is all more MSP related stuff, but it, it like it's they buy these companies and then they yeah. just integrate their code, the the companies they buy into their stuff, maybe throw a little bit of a Cisco flare on it, but it's yeah. Well, that's they're 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 I don't know. I will say I'm I'm glad for Cisco Meraki where it is. But you know, mm -hmm. when Meraki started, it was aimed at that small mm -hmm. kind of up to the, you know, lower end medium businesses. Yeah, it was, it was SMBs. I remember looking at it before Cisco even bought them. And yeah, it was bottom what in 2012, late 2012. Uh, yeah. Oh. When did, they were founded in six and November twelve, I think. Yeah, they were November eighteenth, twenty twelve is when Cisco bought or acquired Meraki for one point two billion. Thank God for Google. And, and that <laughs> that line that line of products is slowly mm, at at some point. I got to mm -hmm. believe. Are we just going to do away with all the Cisco proprietary labeled stuff or what? Why continue to expand the Meraki line? And what I fear, I don't think they'll get rid of that, the web right. GUI for Meraki. No. I would love it if they just moved everything to that web GUI. That would be great uh, to follow. What will probably happen, hmm. at least this is me speculating, obviously. Uh, they're taking the code and adapting it to the new products that come out. And that's just going to be the standard whenever they're done rolling out the new product lines until they make the next acquisition for the next company, which is not going to be Ubiquity, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, so man, I, I like Ubiquity stuff. I love Ubiquity. You bitch, I quit or, immediately. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I actually want to change all my stuff in my house over to Ubiquity, but my wife's not going to let me spend the money. It's super cheap. Well, I'm, yes, it is, but, you know. If they had my, given you your 10%. No, I know, right? But, like, well, I use, like, I my house isn't wired, so everything is Wi-Fi, pretty much. So the Google uh, Wi-Fi mesh system that I have works just fine. No point. The only thing I'd like to do is change that, it do, that the Google Wi-Fi doesn't do is have a, where I can have multiple networks, like divided networks, so I can have all my, home automation stuff on a separate network but i don't feel like you know cobbling something together with duct tape and barbed wire where 
my wife will be happy and that I'm not spending money. So, you know, I mean, I got my garage, I've probably got 10 Cisco switches, five or six Cisco routers. I mean, they're all old stuff, but. So you got yourself a lab over there. Pretty much, yeah. It's just super loud, so it's rarely on. And I try to use GNS3 as much as possible. GNS3 <laughs> is amazing when you can get it, it to work. I, yeah. I, I tried to download, I downloaded their v, uh, VM and tried to run it on Hyper-V. Just because, mm-hmm. like, I had this beast here with Hyper-V installed. I'm going to do that. Nope, doesn't support nested uh, virtualization. Like, <laughs> when was this? Uh, no, my setup. Mm. Oh, the way it's when configured. was when were you trying to set? Why were two weeks? Why were you two, or three, two or three weeks ago. Uh, I'm wanting to uh, NetMiko. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm wanting to I'm wanting to learn it. So I was wanting to, uh, you know, I was going to set up those machines or set up an entire network, replicate an old network that I used to work on into mm-hmm. NS3, and then use my workstation as a, as a workstation and write the, write the Python scripts to can configure the switches or make different changes. And that way I could go okay. ahead and build out a repository of what I use and what I'd like. Uh, and also learn it and all that. And, and, you know, if anybody ever has any questions about what I know, I can go, here's look at my GitHub. Here's my repository. <laughs> you want me next time I come out there, you want me to bring you a couple of switches and routers just so you can. Uh, I think Oren actually has a router for me. I wouldn't mind. A couple, uh, actually, I'm trying to keep away from having physical hardware because oh. I don't have. Space now, hold on. It is. It's not a Cisco router. So. Oh, okay. Have, well, it, should, I, it, should, I it should have a Cle. Is it? Is it a? No. Oh. No, I was thinking. I thought Kevin was going to bring you some gear so you could set up your own lab to play with. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm going to break GNS3 and I'm going to make it work. <laughs> I just need the uh, time yeah. to sit down and do it. Because I'm I don't know, one day you and I can get together and we'll get we'll have a little WebEx and yeah, no worries. We'll get you set up. No worries. I just need to figure out what it, it's. So the thing about Threadripper is when you install it, it's not set up to uh, run virtualization. Because it's yeah, all it's, it's, it's like all, all hard threaded. Yeah. So I had to go through and do a couple change like three or four settings and then install Hyper-V. So there's like one one or two more steps, and I, th- I think it's the problem is actually in Windows 10 uh, for nested virtualization to be in- installed or enabled. Okay. Hey, I'll be right back. Kids, going nuts again. Give me one second. <laughs> oh, man. Right. So. Yeah, I don't have room for collapse set up here i'm i'm super cheap i do uh where's my cisco package racer just to yeah virtual I, shit i couldn't find a download for packet tracer is that just out there now mm-hmm. of course i i stopped looking about six months ago yeah. so i just downloaded it okay it, are all the uh operating systems there with it or all the switch models with it or switching no. models Y'all were talking about Packet Tracer? Yeah. yeah. Packet the Tracer cheap man's Tracer. version to a network. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And thankfully, they've actually opened it up and made it for everybody instead of just the Cisco Network Academy. You have to add, you have to like join the Cisco Networking Academy or whatever, but it's free to join. 
yeah. then you can download the package tracer. Yeah. Now I will warn you, I don't know how much you've played with it before, Trevor, but you can't do everything on package tracer that you can on a real piece of hardware. But your basic setup and really even some in-depth setup, if you just, you know, want a refresher or whatever. Like I want to spring for CCNA I... level stuff. See once you get into the advanced CCNP stuff. That's where it starts to be like, okay, this doesn't isn't supported. Yeah, trail off. I don't know where it actually where where it starts and what it stops. But here's what I'm wanting to do. I'm actually wanting to do to start looking at running an SD WAN with machine learning enabled. So I don't think you can do SD WAN with a uh, package tracer. That that's part of the problem. But it, it's all involved running NetMiko, uh, advanced analytics with SNMP going through. What, whatever machine learning model to monitor the specs. And I'm thinking I'm going to use Nagios to pull all that stuff. That way it's all in one spot. Then the, then the algorithm is just going to look on based on this and this, we're going to run this script. So just in, influx network automation. So like changing bandwidth allocation. So if we see a certain type of protocol spike, you know, it's on the list. So, Oh, uh, whatever. Just example, whatever protocol that VideoSip uses on whatever network you're automating, 292933 or whatever. I, I, I don't know. H233 or what? Yeah, I haven't done voice or video in so long. I, I don't remember. Orin, you'll probably know off the top of your head. Um, but I, as I had mentioned, I am not the voice or the video guy. I will direct you to Chris and Connor. Basically, using Nagios to monitor uh, everything through SNMP, and once a type of traffic protocol on a certain a node and a certain uh, uh, port spikes, or at a scheduled time, so say like it looks at a Google Calendar and say there's an appointment at this time, and it automatically runs a configuration script, or the AI picks up that oh something's happening, we need to do this, boom. Uh, that's kind of what I'm wanting to look at doing just because one, it's cool Two, it's the future three. I don't want to be out of a job in 10 years because someone else studied up on this and I didn't. I I don't think packet tracer is going to be your. Mm-mm. No, G, GNS three might be a start. I'm, I'm just looking for a place to start learning is what I'm at, where I'm at. If If, if you want to practice building VLANs and, doing trunking and uh, it, if that's why I need GNS three, because it does it, it does virtualize the physical appliance. So you can put into it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's limitations is part of the problem. I wonder if there's any other good, good practice tools like packet tracer out there for, for this yeah, kind of I mean, stuff. I mean, there's like Boston Labs or NetSim and whatnot. And heck, you can even rent rack time on an actual. Uh, I&E. Yeah. Like I&E, yeah. Yeah. That's so expensive. It's a hell of mm-hmm. a lot cheaper, especially at I&E. It's a hell of a lot cheaper if you're in their class. But it, I don't want to be spending, what is it, like 100 bucks an hour on, a, on equipment costs when I'm just fucking with shit. Is it 100 bucks an hour? I have no idea. <laughs> I know there are companies out there that you can rent rack time with different, you know, different gear, whatever, different setups, but I've never looked into how much it actually costs to do that sort of stuff. 
you have to buy tokens, and it's basically a dollar yeah. token. And you can buy a hundred tokens for a hundred bucks. Uh, tokens are good oh. for. And it says, you, and it gives you different levels. Your NA, your NA stuff, and MP stuff starts at three tokens an hour. Your IE data center starts at eight hundred fifty tokens a week. Your IE security starts at eight tokens. So it looks about three to eight tokens per hour. So, Water. less than ten bucks an hour, uh, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, now if you want to go like CCIE stuff, that's oh, you can even do it weekly. Eight hundred and fifty tokens a week. Yeah, but they they I don't know if this is the new IE stuff or the old. Well, they've only got yeah, the. I don't know. We're probably NP. looking at the same page. INE rack rentals. Um, yeah, INE.com forward slash podcast or products slash rack dash rentals. Yep. Yeah. You know, we haven't actually discussed things we should be doing. I was going to say, we, should you know, be doing. we may have to rename this podcast. That's fine. It's fine with me. No, it doesn't Just hurt my feelings any. Rename it to personal preferences. <laughs> I prefer. <laughs> I prefer to have a fat bank account. I wish it would happen one day. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so but we say, you know, the, these tech guys making all this money. I'd like to wait, meet one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. For what I do, I make decent money, but for as little as I do, basically, so my That's... background. I guess I should give you my background since I asked you yours, huh? Yeah. Uh, Bleep. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I won't name companies or anything like that. <laughs> um, so I started out working for a online retailer. Um, a large one. A large one. Well, a large one that was bought by an even larger one. Ah, okay. Dominating the world. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> I was just basic tech support there, left there, went to work in a data center in their knock. And basically I was, for lack of a better term, an overpaid janitor. Good Lord, Trevor, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm reading, I'm looking up stories I want to bring up to you guys. I've only oh, okay. got one that's worthwhile. Um, it's just for things um, that are related to what we've been talking about. So I just see flash, flash, yeah, flash, that's, that's flash. The flash. I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna have seizures. <laughs> trying to give someone a seizure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I went to, I started working in the data center of the knock, and basically, during my interview, they're like, "Do you have a Netflix account?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah." Or no, at the time I didn't. I was like, "No, you're probably gonna want one because you'll be, you know, it's night shift, and you'll have, you know, maybe four hours of work out of your twelve hour shift, and it was more like thirty minutes of work out of my twelve hour shift." Uh, so. It's a hell of an interview. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, I mean, I knew a couple of people that worked there already and basically come to find out the job was mine as long as I didn't freak the manager out. But gotcha. I didn't know that. Hi, honey. <laughs> um, sorry. Guest appearance. Uh, <laughs> so I worked there for about a year. Then I went to, uh, I, while I was there, I got my CCNA. I got my CCENT while I was at the uh, the online retailer. And then got my CCNA while I was over at the data center, 
went over to the VoIP MSP. Uh, that was fun for the first three or four months, and they decided to put me on call, and I was on call every other week for a year and a half. And that was not fun because it wasn't a no. if I got a call, it was a when I got a yeah. call. Like if I if I didn't get a call one night, something was really wrong. Like my phone was broken or something had to have been broken or something. So um got really burnt out really fast. Had no voice experience prior. Like I didn't know what a sip trunk was. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't know that a SIP trunk had 24 channels, 23 in a D channel. You know, I didn't know any of that. And, uh, or a T1, sorry. Um, left there for the company I'm with now. And it's, it's funny because, like, it's a block away from my old job and my new job are like a block apart where the, our buildings are. And, uh, so, you know, when I was on day shift, I would, you know, go out to lunch with my former coworkers. Like, oh, so how you liking it over at Blah? And I'm like, dude, I'm loving it. I work three 12 hour shifts a week. I don't, I do about an eighth of the work I did where you guys are at. I get paid about 40% more and I'm not on call. I'm never on call. They're like, oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> so, so are you tech support now or? I am a, so my technical job title is Senior Network Anal Operations Analyst. So I'm, but before it was a net engineer tier one, and then they, when the Obama thing happened, when he was like, oh no, we want people to be hourly unless you make over X amount. So granted, I made over X amount, but our whole company, so like if you're at, you know, level D or below, you're going hourly. So, which has been nice because I get overtime pay if I do pick up an extra shift or whatever. Yeah. But, so yeah, I've been, uh, I like, uh, at my previous job, I was a voice engineer tier two or voice something. I don't even remember. But now I'm a senior network analyst, which is a network engineer tier one, I guess, is would be the equivalent. But I mean, there, it, where I'm at, there is no difference between our tier one network engineers and our tier two, other than pay. Honestly, that's the only difference. Yeah. So, and I've been there for at my current company for almost seven years. So I really like it. I get four yeah. days off a week. <laughs> I, I will be November. I'll be eight years with current company. And of course, I always got all the jokes right because my stepmom and my dad own it, and my brother works for us too. Um, always get, oh. you know, always get the jokes. Oh, so you're getting paid the big bucks, right? Yep. No, I work for family. It's always one or the other. Either you're getting paid everything or nothing, and I'm not nothing, but more on that end, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I understand. Oh, oh, I would never work for family because. It's a pain. It just it works least, out. Okay, with my family. <laughs> I would not want to work. I would not want to work with my family. I love them. Don't want to work with them. 
I'm right there. We have you. our arguments, but we we get along for the most part. What, what's weird is, um, at least for like me, my brother, my dad, whenever we have an argument or whatever the case, if if we actually get mad at each other, um, my brother and I'll give each other a hard time. My dad was an only child, but he thinks we're fighting a lot when we're really not. We're just giving yeah. each other shit. Um, mm-hmm. But if we actually have an instance where we get mad at each other, we're real quick to, all right, I'm sorry. Let's work together. Let's get through this. I apologize. Move on. My stepmom's yeah. family, Ugh. not like that at all. Mm. They were the get mad, and then we don't talk about it. Oh. So it helps just to kind of be that, yeah, we got shitty, but we got shit to do. Let's apologize and move forward. Yeah. Well, and, like, like adults. Like, yeah, like adults. Like, I've always joked, I mean, you know, last week we touched on this, but, like, as long as I like you, like, as long as you treat me with respect and blah, 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 you got complete loyalty for me. I'll do what needs to be done, but I have no question, no issues questioning authority or saying something's dumb, especially if I'm asked my opinion. Um, And it's just, it's not like I'm trying to be mean. I'm just like, that's just dumb. Why would you uh, do it this way when we could do it this way? In our in kind and, of what we do, that's that's kind of necessary and it should be expected. But for some reason, there's some managers out there, and there are like C-suite execs and in business owners and all that good stuff that take it as a bad trait. That you know they want you to be a yes man or a you know mm-hmm. like that's not our job. Our job is to provide efficient, easy exactly. Yeah. All right. We're supposed yeah, we're to not here to do that for you. Yeah, yeah no. We don't want to stroke your ego. We we're here to do you know, we're here to set up stuff, set it up right, and do it right the first time. And most every tech wants to do that. I don't know a tech that wants to be working on the same shit for the next two years after they put it in. Hold on. <laughs> well if they work for an ISP, they do it wrong and don't care if they don't hear from him again in two years anyway, so. Yeah, like, oh, there's a three-letter ISP yeah. that just doesn't care, period. Like, there there are some ISPs, like, everybody there wants to do good, but they're, they're handicapped by, by leadership. Yeah, by because policy like, or leadership. Yeah, like, like, whoever thinks it's a good idea, like, you get a C-suite who's making decisions based off the numbers, not based off the building the network, which is why I argue. Legopoly, that's it. Where a, a legal monopoly, like yeah. ISPs, there's no competition. So that's why I pay $70 a month for 100 meg down and 10 up, or 200 down, 10 up. Whereas you, know, you can go to like Korea and get gig down, gig up for so like $30 part- a month. Part of that, like the Korea, the Korean deal, that's all state sanctioned. Yeah. Like, like some, like there was a firm that they were giving, we're giving, we're paying you to do this. Where, like here in the U.S., it's impossible for a small starting, uh, excuse me, for a new uh, new ISP to get a grant. By the time the grant's announced, AT and T has teams of people in every region to just go through and fill the grant form for every census block that exists. Or what about the whole, like the municipal ISPs that small cities would 
start up and then like AT or the big ATT Verizon, you know, those Comcast, yeah, the big, big ones would come in and I don't know what, will they sue them out of existence or they, they basically go to the lawmakers of the state statewide and basically make it illegal for an MS, uh, a small ISP or municipal ISP. Uh, there was John Oliver did something on it. I granted John Oliver's politics. You may agree with it, disagree with it, doesn't matter, but he makes a lot of sense when it comes to some you know, of the things, things like that. Like that was one yeah. of the, but for the pricing, it, I ran into this when I was, see, I've been trying to start up a fixed wireless company for the past five years. <sighs> just to provide service to, to the rural spots. Cause we have a lot of areas down here in Southwestern Indiana where there's just nothing or you're stuck with frontier or yeah, there's just or, or garbage, HughesNet garbage. Uh, so like there's a market here, but you're going to be, you're going to be charging somebody, you know, eighty, two hundred dollars for a twenty-five five connection, because that's the only way you can recoup the cost. That's not you making money. That is yeah. break, that is breaking even, covering all costs. So yeah. there, you can like getting creating a Wisp wireless ISP. Yeah, that's probably the best way to go. Um, like over in the um, but like in Corden and especially like the town over Lanesville. There's like, all they had was like frontier, like our, the church was in Lanesville and the best we could get was like one meg from like, literally it was one meg because of how out of the way the church was. And when I was, you know, the, the kids were suffering, the students at the church, at the school were suffering because they couldn't get access to technology. And we were... <laughs> We were talking. I was trying to pitch bringing up, bringing up you know, getting better internet. Portative was one of the wireless ISPs. They basically put a little uh, wireless receiver on your roof or whatever, and beams it to you. But like there was this big meeting. You know, the whole church had to be involved, or anybody that could vote, basically. And decision by committee. Things, yeah, it was it was all committee. But like we actually had to get a formal vote on it. But during the Q&A, you know, I'm me being the network expert of the church at the time, which is scary to begin with. <laughs> um, we were, I was talking with the teachers. I'm like, what do you guys need? How, you know, what do y'all do? Blah, blah, blah. We rolled out Google apps to them and Google for schools, which was nice. But anyway, so they were like, well, we have 28 MacBook Pros that we use in our computer lab. And when we tell the students to go to this YouTube video, one or two of them could actually watch it. And then the others are just sitting there ticking, waiting because one meg circuit. So when we were talking about pitching all this and I brought it up, I was like, okay, so, you know, we need to look at upgrading our internet. Frontier is no longer viable because the best they could give us is one meg, which is, blah, 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 it's bad and it's gonna, it's gonna affect the students and, you know, parents aren't gonna wanna send their kids here. And somebody pops up and goes, well, it just sounds like that those parents don't value a good, uh, a quality Christian education. And I responded, I said, yes, but, you know, this school only goes through to seventh grade. So when they go to eighth grade, they are five years, five years behind public school so it's not a 
quality Christian education. It's just a Christian education that's technologically behind the times. And they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, okay, how about this? A lot of you guys are farmers, right? And they're like, well, yeah. I said, so I pointed out the guy that threw the comment about quality education, quality Christian education. I said, you're a farmer. He goes, yeah. I said, how many head of cattle do you have? And he threw out some number, a couple hundred, whatever. I said, okay. I said, now, how do you water, how do you water your cattle? Well, I bring out a truck with, you know, a, a water truck and, you know, dump it in there. I said, okay, you drag out your water truck. Now I want you to hook up your water hose that is smaller than your pinky. How long would it take you to fill up their trough to feed them? Oh, that's just absurd. That, you couldn't do that. It'd be an all day thing. I said, that's what it's like trying to teach these kids on the internet if a, a kneecapped uh, internet circuit. I said, it's like trying to suck a bowling ball through a, a, a airline hose, uh, you know, an air hose. And granted, that was probably not the best thing to say at church because of, you know, the jokes. She could suck whatever. What? But all we were sudden, all picturing Trevor's mom, I know. And, yeah. <laughs> You diss yourself on that one. Trevor, honestly, I mean, <laughs> look at that mouth. Um, um, but as soon as I said it like that, I'm like, feed your, you know, water your cattle with a, a hose smaller than your pinky. And the bowling ball thing all of a sudden clicked on them. And they're like, oh, okay. All right, that works. Okay. And then it got voted in the next time we had a vote, which was two weeks later. But it was funny because uh, afterwards and me and the other two guys on the technology team were like, like, um, so we've been trying to pitch that to them for years of, up, you know, two years to get an upgraded circuit. And they always shot it down. You talk to them in their language. I was like, yeah, and I'm not even I'm not even a country boy. I've never lived in the country. That's so like, I don't know. That That's how you talk to people. That's like. You got to get on their level. Like some guys have a superiority complex or some guys just do not have the capability to talk to someone in plain English. Like, I don't care. Analogies, metaphors, simply explaining. Like that's why it's customer service too. It makes everybody happier because then you don't piss anybody off and you don't come across as a dick with a superiority complex. Exactly. But so since we, they did upgrade to portative, the wireless, and they went from their one meg frontier circuit up to 50 meg wireless, you know, point to point. Plus they had to pay for the tower and the equipment, but they actually get, they get paid back every month because since they put a tower on there, on the top of the gym of the church, they can now, you know, basically daisy chain off to other customers in the area. So it yeah. kind of mutually beneficial. They get a discount on their internet bill every month, but even without the little discount, they were only going to be paying like $10 more a month versus the one meg frontier circuit. It's not a bad deal. So, no. That's whenever the, I don't know, convert, however you want to say this, whenever my wife and I moved into our house, so she's um, from itty bitty little community up north um, where they've only got frontier. And it was just her and her mom and her dad and her mom and dad are both much older. She was an oops, a baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, so she had frontier and it was 15 down 
by two up. And she'd had that for as long as she could remember. So like she and I are both gamers. We both play Xbox together. And so, you know, to download a game, it would take her one to three days, depending on how big it is. And, and if the internet slowed down or it stopped downloading or whatever. So when we moved into this house, we were looking at different, uh, wireless providers we ended up going with wow they had a deal running for 500 down by 20 up for like 64 dollars and i was like i wouldn't mind to have that because my gear will run that i've got meraki gear here at the house mm-hmm. it'll run that um it gives us plenty of bandwidth for netflix our two xboxes and if i've got to do something from home because i can uh log into all my stuff at the office from home we got a vpn from my meraki the Meraki the office, I can do everything, 500, let's do that. It's only 64 bucks a month, let's do that. I'll never forget the first game she downloaded, I don't remember what it was, I think it was like 30 gig or something, but it downloaded in like 45 minutes, and she's like, this is incredible. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that the only reason we don't have fixed wireless out in that region is there's not a good way to either to pipe in a uplink. So there is not an existing fiber run close enough in that area to tap into. And the ones that are there will not give you the right to resell. Internet ISP. Oh, uh, or they, um, let me Google <laughs> <laughs> Google fiber. Yeah. Google fiber. So yeah. Google fiber was, uh, uh, bringing, bringing it in, coming into, coming to Louisville and there was like lawsuits left and right because the poles are owned by AT&T, not the city. And so like the governor made a proclamation, okay, these poles, you know, has to be able to access essential services. And yes, we support competition in the, the ISP market because believe it or not, Louisville's actually become pretty big for tech. And so they're, you know, and there was all sorts of lawsuits and it got so bad Google Fiber actually rolled out into certain neighborhoods and it was so much of a hassle. It was costing them so much money that they, after like a year, they pulled out. Like all existing customers are like, hey, by the way, um, we are no longer going to be offering fiber internet service here. So you might want to find somebody else. And when but when Google Fiber came in, AT&T lowered their gigabit fiber from the god-awful $199 or whatever it was down to match Google's price of like 60 bucks. So you can actually go out to uh, – uh, there's a USD, USDA website, so that's where all these grants go through. If you pull that website up and – because they do it by census block, do the – do the loans and do the grants through the census block. And what they get is all based on the population of the census block. So mm-hmm. if you look up every spot in Indiana, it is all taken by AT&T because, oh, yeah. the, because they have the team of people to sit there and just, as soon as that law is passed, as soon as that portal's up, they just start grant writing and it's, it's all boilerplate. So they just take it and they list the grant, they list the population blocks and all that. And then they send it off. The second it's done, like there's no, mm-hmm. and it goes up for bid 
And because AT&T is the large company, it's got the branding and all that, they, they get it every time for every census block. So mm-hmm. for it to be self, for, so to avoid all that, you've got to at least pay for yourself. And that's the big hang up is like, that's the whole reason I haven't done it around here because I was going to do it over at Posey County. And I was going to start in and work my way up through Gibson County and come down uh, through Vandenberg and Wabash and down into Kentucky and kind of spiral out like that. I had, I, I have all the plans still. I have the specific towers picked out and the what setup was going where and I had pricing for everything. I just couldn't get uh, the initial funding to make sense at a price that would make sense for the customer. I think mm-hmm. I would. I think I would need like seventy-five to a hundred people on every tower, um, which is unreasonable, and that's just to, yeah. that's just to break even. That's just to pay for the tower, and to yeah. keep the monthly cost going for twenty-four months because you're only expecting that year, that wisp year, to last for twenty-four months. I did find a new way to roll it out uh, with Mimosa. So instead of building a fifteen to twenty-five grand tower, it now you're now doing micro pops at a thousand dollars a pop, but you're hanging it off the towers. Or not towers. You're hanging off the cell phone poles, or tower, not cell, telephone poles. Telephone poles. Look, look at the, uh, the the ubiquity point-to-point stuff now. I mean, they're getting super cheap, and they go like 15 they're, miles. They're super yeah. cheap. They go super long, but they don't support MMU, uh, multi multimedia to multi devices. So you can't have a hundred devices connected to it streaming Netflix all at the same time. Yeah, makes Which, sense. Which at a certain point you can only have, I think when we did the math, you could only if you're all streaming net, if you're all streaming Netflix, which obviously if you have internet you're going to do, if you have mm-hmm. everybody streaming Netflix and you're expecting a hundred people to be connected to tower, you're only at the calculated bandwidth of your, uh, of your channels, you're only getting service to forty five customers. So you're missing out sixty five or sixty four. 65 people, 65 connected devices that you can't service because it's overflowed, which was, which is a fundamental problem in uh, the engineering of the devices, you know, of, of, the, of, uh, of fixed wireless. That's just, that's just an engineering fault, but they fixed, but Mimosa fixed it. No, it wasn't Mimosa. I'll think of it in a minute. It started, started with a C, Cam, Cadmium. Cadmium fixed it with a, a protocol called Mimu. So hmm. Mimu lets you broadcast that. It, it lets you service it uh, through multicast, uh, I think. I don't remember. But yeah, that it lets, it lets you do everything. But to setting that up in Mimosa, I don't know if they license the protocol or if they just develop their own and are doing it, uh, whatever you call it. But they do it as well but they're doing it on a much smaller scale, which is more cost effective. You could lower the price and service. Say you put one up in a neighborhood, you could service 25 uh, clients off of that poll. You charge them 50, 60 dollars a month. Uh, it costs you $1,500 to put in, put in the poll that gives you your link and your downlink. Uh, say you got 25 customers at $65 a month. That's you're, you're making 1600 bucks a month. That's minus your cost, plus however much. I think Vector around here charges 25 bucks per poll per month to be on it, depending on wow. the size. So after you pay for 
the uplink and all your other stuff, you might be making a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a tower off of that, which is better than not making any money. And that's per yeah. that's per micro pop. That's so if you have these dotted throughout the neighborhoods and you got ten, you got a thousand clients, you're making a thousand dollars a month, which is not much. No, so, uh, the the point to point wireless points I was talking about the uh, ubiquity light beam ACs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they're they're I guess great. It's two by two Mimo. Yeah, they're great. They're great endpoints. They're those are actually the ones I was going to use uh, for the endpoints, but yeah. I was going to use the Mimosa. Mimosa pops. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just because it looks. Don't those. Like... Go ahead. Those ubiquity guys. Don't they do the Moo Mimo? Multiple user. Yeah. I think so. Or multi think... uh, multi user uh, multiple. In multiple, multiple AirMax AC CPEs with 120 degree coverage area. The yeah. Mimo two by two or two by two Mimo. So. Yeah, they started. They've started catching up, honestly, over the last year. Ubiquity has. Well, and like a pair of them is only two hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's that's that's pretty good, oh. pretty good price for them. Well, and this isn't even. Is this sold by? That's not even sold by Ubiquity. Um, I'm just looking on Amazon, so. Oh. Uh, you can go straight to their website. Yeah. yeah. Go to operator, prison base stations. Uh, Trevor, on the, the ISPs, wasn't there a big push in downtown to open up that stuff to users or to ISPs outside of AT&T? Because AT&T had like everything in downtown. Time and Warner's, no one could get shit off of it. Time Warner and WoW are down there now. Uh, I knew I couldn't remember what the big back and forth was. I think it was like you know whether or not AT and T owned the lines or did the city own the lines or well everything downtown. Uh, I think it's underground. I think yeah. everything downtown, especially in the historical district, everything's underground, which is all in the utility right away. AT and T tried to push back and basically raise the cost of anybody else coming in, but it was Time Warner fighting them. Because they wanted to come in, and this was right. I think this is right before they, either before or during or immediately after the merger, after you know Charter and they bought Spectrum, and then everybody kind of rolled into one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was during that whole time, I think. Yeah, it was a big shit show. I don't have too many clients, <sighs> but in downtown. So, but Wow's got. I haven't fiber. heard about it in a while. Wow's got fiber in the basement of the five or the old national building and the fifth third building and uh the four ten, yeah, four twenty building. Uh ATT's got okay. all the others. Uh Time Warner's got coax service to every building. ATT's got coax service to every building. They also have a fiber they have a fiber run down there. Uh at least according to the last fiber uh map that I saw. Still just a copper backbone to everything though, isn't it? Uh no, they're using uh them and Windstream have a deal. ATT and Windstream have a partnership deal. Uh, oh, do they? They're they're so tightly wound. Uh Windstream will use ATT fiber and copper, and ATT will use uh Windstream fiber and copper. So like they just trade back and forth. Did not know that. Which I mean it happens a lot with a lot of ISPs, uh, a lot uh, of gearing. 
at the level three level, it does. I mean, you'll yeah. ride, you'll ride glass to a certain point, then it's easier for you, them to stop, jump you onto an, uh, a copper OC3 and shoot you down for whatever, and then pull you off and put you back on glass and ride you out to wherever you're going. So it's yeah, I mean, it's 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 all about the peering agreements because like there's a data center in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know who runs it, but it all the big ISPs basically go into there. It's a 54 Marietta, I believe is what it's called in Atlanta, or that's the address something. Um, uh, so yeah, there's just, that's where a lot of the peering convergence happens and whatnot. So you got a big old AT&T rack right next to a Time Warner Spectrum, whoever owns what now by Verizon and then Cogent Co. Here in a couple of years, it's all going to be AT&T and Verizon again. <laughs> Yep. And we'll have another uh, antitrust suit. Yeah. Coming and break everybody apart again. I don't know. We'll, I see. Mean, uh, we'll, we'll see if China takes over the world first. I yeah. doubt. Well, you know, we got a JIT pie and the uh, FCC still, I think. So. Yeah. You know, neutrality is gone. Him repealing that neutrality was like the biggest kick in the nuts ever. Yeah, I I was never a big fan of Obama and his administration, but like net neutrality was like the one thing, like I was on board with. Like that was oh yeah, one hundred percent. Let's do it. This is required. Net neutrality in the healthcare. I I was I was a fan of Obamacare, not mainly for all of the nuances or whatever of it, but like the no such thing as a pre-existing condition. Yeah, stuff like that. That. That I was a big fan of, so I supported him. Yeah, there, as was, far as... there was some good ideas. The implementation, let me let me rephrase. There were a lot of ideas pitched out that were really good. The implementation mm-hmm. was flawed. Yes, and big time. There, well, there's, you know, it it had to be go through revision after revision to appease the Republicans and the Democrats, and that's why there was so much fight. And heck, they tried to repeal it even with the Republican House, Senate, and White House, and they still can't. Let's not go into politics. Yeah, let's not talk politics. Yeah, different podcast. Yeah. Starting uh, now, we're going to call it the deep state. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Where we talk talk about conspiracy theories that we have no idea where the fuck they started or anything about them. We're just going to talk shit. Do it all a la Young Turk style. We're just going to talk shit. We're not going to back anything up with facts. We're going to talk about how the lizard people are invading Mars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Think, hey, that just goes to things we shouldn't do. Yeah, things we shouldn't do. Discuss politics. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> fixed wireless would be a great solution. Uh, it's gonna, it's a great solution for... I'll be right back. I mean, Orin, you were talking about downtown Evansville. You just uh, stepped away. I know. By the way, I can I, I can still I can still hear you. I'm fat and I'm gonna go get something to eat real quick. But keep talking, I can hear you. <laughs> but like, so like, you know, your major cities, Louisville, Evansville. I, I shouldn't say major cities, large larger cities, kind of located close to where we're at. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to implement it in a area where there are, you know, two keep from directly competing with who your backlink is. 
It's like yeah. we, we can't come in downtown Evansville and like buy fiber from WoW and then say, oh, by the way, that bandwidth you're selling us, uh, we're reselling it to everybody in the downtown area. But that being said, there is a location just outside the downtown area where nobody services. This is downtown and there are multi-million dollar houses out there right on the river. Yeah. No internet service. Like none. Huh. You can get DSL. That's it. They have nothing out there. Ooh. And like they had a guy to. Yeah. Well, the importative, the, the wisp that I was talking about earlier, they're not that bad. I mean, their pricing's not that bad. Let me see if I can actually find their pricing. It's been so long since I've dealt with them. A lot of the houses downtown. My sister lived downtown for a little bit. I'm trying to remember if she had. Most everybody down there has WoW now. I think she was she was running one of the old houses. One of the Victorian houses. I gotcha. So yeah, so this portative looks like they can do up to 350 meg. Mostly services, sorry. Uh residential. Let's look at residential. Uh, up to 350 or from five to 350, depending upon the location in your media, I guess. Um, and they're a small ISP. I mean, very small. Digital video, business class internet. They can do up to 500 for business class. There was. There, back when I was talking to the there, there was an engineering firm. I got, I had an engineering firm design all my towers for me. Mm -hmm. Mainly because one, I admit I didn't know what I was doing. Two, I wanted to be sure I had like all the bases recovered. Like I, I wanted to know exactly what was going on, where it was going. You know, because uh, when you pass that stuff off to the uh, tower firms, it's like when you talk to Crown Point or American Tower to get stuff put up. Uh, they want exactly what is going where. Like you have to hand them 100% engineered drawings and instructions. Otherwise, they're just gonna be like, eh, just hang it up and like not align it, and it's just gonna sit there and not even be powered on. Yep. Because uh, it's, it's a CYA for them. Yeah. Uh, he's. I'm trying to find. But anyway, when we first started talking, this was late 2018. Uh. He's the guy who owns the firm sent me because small, small farmers, like 20 guys that work there, but that they do this, they go around and they contract for ISPs. They're an MSP for ISPs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Uh, oh, what's your last name, Derek? But he sent me a link to this, one of his customers websites in New York city. And they're doing a gigabit fiber to the home for 50 bucks a month. Like that's their nice, and uh, oh, and I get the joy of dealing with ISPs all over the world. Sort of. That's just seeing what other ISPs do outside of you know America. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Some of it's like duct tape, duct tape, chicken wire, you know, but others are like. Really nice. Yeah, there's fifty dollars a month, Trevor. Do what? You said fifty dollars a month. Yeah. 
fiber to the home, one gig, fifty bucks a month, New York City. I think it was Bro- I think it was Brooklyn specifically. I'm trying to find our website. I have it somewhere. You would think for as much as they charge for everything else in that city, they would they would want their cut. Uh, I think that was a I think that's a city deal. I think the city might be paying for the installation or something like that. Mm. I I don't I don't know. That's me speculating. I I don't know. I just remember that it seeing it was a that's a hell of a deal. Uh, if anyone got it, they're enjoying it now. On lockdown with a gig. Yeah, oh, I know, right? Oh, so how's everybody's work going? Uh, <laughs> better than last week? Slow. Mm. Yeah. Very slow. Things have calmed down a lot where I'm at. I was actually able to work on some Python. We were working on uh, this last week and this week's going to be busy. Thanks to some new legislation being passed in West Virginia and Kentucky for issuance of controlled substances through uh e-prescription or electronic prescription. So take two-step verification and add, add identity, identity certification on top of it for writing e-prescriptions. So, so like, wait a minute. So you're talking for a, your work, one of your doctor's offices or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for all of them, actually. So I have to do the setup for, and it takes about two and a half hours for each one just set up and then i have to do an hour or a half an hour to an hour with them to get them ready to go now is this just for like schedule like schedule one two three four or two three four and five uh, just for schedule narcotics four. or just for schedule four okay because like my uh the the doc that you know gives me my adderall he has to do like two factor. He does like a two factor authentication thing, so he can actually send the prescription off to the pharmacy directly instead of having to hand write out one. Yeah, that in and my most places that are on schedule it schedule too. Yeah, most people that have had it have had it for a while. Uh, it's yeah. just now required, or at least is even. it two factor authentication? Like, like you're not like they use a username and password, and then they have like a. Kind of like a Google Authenticator app. With okay, that's like that. what I, I was wondering if, because I don't know why I picture, you know, going to the pharmacy, they want to see your ID and stuff. For whatever reason, when you're talking prescriptions, I'm thinking. Uh, uh, this is the doctor's yeah, prescribatory when, authority. Yeah, gotcha. When the doctor writes it, uh, it has to submit. Uh, so it submits their DEA number. It submits their verification that that is their DEA number. So there's a token that goes along with that to the pharmacy that goes out and checks whatever. That's, that's on the pharmacy, and I just put the token in. Uh, that's tied to their stuff through the registry. And then I just think everybody should go to these security keys because they're wonderful. Sorry. I actually fully agree. Uh, I was going to do the authentication tokens with uh, USB drives. Yeah. Well, this is, oh, you make your own basically. Yeah. Just because it's I like could, a little more control. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, like I have, I have two actually. Uh, I've got a Bluetooth one. Well, the Bluetooth one's the one I showed you, and then 
Yeah, this one that's yeah powered by USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll fight, Okies. I I'd love to do that. I'm just waiting on everything to improve. <laughs> There's a little bit of setup I got to do on my on my system. Uh, I got to move my servers from physical to virtual into the cloud and get all that configured and just make SSL work. Plus, we're switching EMRs at the end of the year because I hate the one we're on. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm fine. Well, 90% of what I do is dealing with the EMR and answering nurses' questions and fixing issues that have caused by them being not properly trained uh, by the, the previous administrator. So. Sure. Is like, so the, do you work for a company or like, are you your own boss and you have no, your I, own? Consultant? I work for a company. The I have two bosses. One is the doctor who is the medical director and one is the business manager because that's got to be completely separated. Yeah. Uh, we all, <laughs> which is basically, you know, the three A's, uh, accountability, authentication, and accessibility. Uh, like Royal Pains. Ah, that's the, I was like, I was like, there's a show that's all about a private, private healthcare doctor in the Hamptons, Royal Pains. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn, turn your encryption on, turn your logging on and make sure, and make sure your all your authentication stuff is set right. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little server that I have hosted out in through a, a VPS, basically. And I'm like working on trying to get it to use my uh, use security keys as a second factor authentication. You can do it through Active Directory. Yeah, but that's a Linux box, and I pay $99 for every for two years for this that has 100 terabytes of space, a terabyte or a gig. Uplink, downlink. You should send me the name of that company so where I can get that because that sounds like a good place to move some development stuff. Trevor, you got way excited about that Active Directory. I I like me some Active Directory and some uh, identity access management. Yeah. (laughs) GPOs, man, you can do a lot with it. Yeah, you can. Fair enough. The company I work for, they lock down our stuff so hard. Like, we're the network engineers, and they lock us down. They actually stopped, locked me from being able to use KeyPass. Really? KeyPass. Oh, you want to hear the story? Yeah, who screwed this up for everybody? I was say, someone fucked up. No, 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 no one fucked up. Well, they fucked up by blocking the app, but that's neither here nor there. So there was one, there was a security flaw with KeyPass and one version that got patched the very next version. Okay. Which, you know, was pretty quick. And so our, our company heard about it and decided anybody that's using KeyPass is no longer allowed to use it. 95% of the passwords I use, I don't know. Like work related, work wise, it's just by design. I know my AD password and I know my master password to get into my password manager, basically. Um, so they didn't like block opening KeyPass. They blocked being able for KeyPass to see the KDBX file, the database file. 
Yeah. So I'm working one day or one night and I'm troubleshooting some issue. I needed to log into some portal, some ISP portal or something, and I couldn't open it. I couldn't open any of it. So I couldn't check a lot of our Wi-Fi stuff or basically I couldn't do anything without my passwords. So I'm like, opened a ticket with our service desk and they're like, oh, well, you know, they, they blocked access to that yesterday. And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, if you had it installed, you should have gotten an email. So I, I get a thousand emails a day, literally. So I like search for keypass in there and sure enough, there's like, hey, you're using this and you're not gonna be allowed to use it because it's insecure. And we recommend using an encrypted Excel file. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So I reach out to one of our one of our uh, desktop engineers. They basically handle what all apps can go out and w, WSUS and all that stuff. And so I'm like, hey man, um, my key pass isn't working. Just found out that you guys blocked access. I need access. Sorry, no, you don't. I'm like, no, I need my passwords back so I can export it. Nope, sorry. I'm like, okay, so I need to copy it, copy my work-related passwords onto a flash drive, bring it home, plug it into my home computer, decrypt it, then put it on a text file and bring it back into work. Is that what you're saying? Like, no, no, you're not allowed to do that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, then give me access to my KeePass database for a while and what password managers are we allowed to use? And he was like, well, you're supposed to use Excel and just encrypt it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, that's so insecure. No, 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 it's it's encrypted, so nobody can get into it. I said, you want to test that theory? And he's like, what? It's like, I, you send me an Excel file, encrypt it, use whatever password you want, and I'll tell you what you put in it. He goes, yeah, right. I said, try me. He sends me an email with the file in it. I ran some little program that basically, you know, there's the issue with uh, the encryption passwords only allowing so long. Anything you put after it, it change it changes the uh, password to like AABB, ABB, ABB, whatever. Ran it through that little program, unlocked it, opened it up, copied and pasted exactly what he put into it into the into our chat, and I said, "Here's what you put in there." He goes, "How did you do that?" like this little widely available program that's super easy and just a little script. It's like, so now give me access back to my keypass so I can at least export my password and I'll find a different password manager. <laughs> and he was quite mad that I was able to, you know, decrypt it and go, you know, basically put a huge hole into what our, our new company standard was because okay. that was their yeah who came up with that standard i have no idea but they said keypass there was a one security flaw which if you had physical access to the computer you could do something and bypass the password to get to the database which was fixed the next week Sounds mm-hmm. pretty much oh heck they uh they took they took uh, Wireshark away from us because of a security flaw. Wireshark for network for a network engineering team mm-hmm. that's required for you know making things work 
and uh, yeah. good, good way to sniff traffic. A lot of troubleshooting. Yeah, a lot of troubleshooting. What and, was their uh, What was their beef with that one? There was a security flaw. There's always a security flaw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want a secure network, turn everything off. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, okay, so like, we have Office 365. Okay, so cloud-based, whatever. That's not secure. Well, so we have two-factor authentication, the whole shebang for it, that basically reaches back to our company, our company servers for the two-factor authentication, whatnot. But I can't access it from my home computer. I can only access it from my work PC. Even though it's in the cloud, I can't access it from my home PC. So I have to boot up my ancient laptop and then I can actually log into it. But I'm like, really? It's, it's, I'm using See, the two factor authentication. It's mine. I know I could do it. That kind of makes sense. But here, let me, I want to derail this. I got a question okay. for you. Mm-hmm. What Uh-oh. if, like, in the future, say, instead of actually going to work, you, you can work from home and they, mm-hmm. deploy, they give you a VDI, you know, a virtual desktop with all the tools you should need, everything you're allowed to use uh, to do your job. So they give you Putty, Wireshark, blah, 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 blah. What do you no. think about that? I don't. I think that's a terrible idea. Why? Because, well, at least for us, because for some reason, our company doesn't understand or my company doesn't understand that us network engineers need specialized tools like Angry IP Scanner or Wireshark or we use Secure CRT. Okay, I have my own license for it, but that's, I want the latest version, but like for a while there, it was like when we upgraded to Windows 10, like every other week they were uninstalling essential programs of ours and we call it the desktop, you know, we'd skip the service, that's gonna go straight to desktop engineering and global access management. And we're like, hey, why are y'all uninstalling? You don't need that. Why don't we need it? Because it's not essential to your job. Do you know what my job is? Well, it says you're in the NOC. And I'm like, yeah, you know what NOC stands for? Network Operations Center, networking tools like Putty, Secure CRT and you know network stuff. That sounds like They're a like, management problem. They they should have sat down yeah. and like this is all the tools that we need. These are all the tools that are optional. Uh, we need access to all these. And well, so here here's the thing. You're familiar with silos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are so siloed out. Like and we don't call it silos, but teams don't communicate with each other, and that's that's my biggest complaint. That's even even the network teams for network engineering versus network operations versus our regional service delivery team, the guys that actually go out and install the network equipment and get the initial configs on so it can be connected to our network. There's like next to no communication. So like when we rolled out SD-WAN, you want to know when I found out that we had SD-WAN? After three sites had already gone live and one of those sites went down and I'm like, what is this? What's this device? The, the SD-WAN Linux box thingy. 
but I'm like, what's this? What's the CGO one? I don't know what that is. It's not Cisco. Can't log into it from SSH. My eight, my TACX credentials don't work. So, and that's, oh yeah, we, we're, we're migrating to SD-WAN and where's our documentation on this? Where's our email saying, hey, this is happening. That's, yeah. That, so yeah, it's, that was, that's my only, that's my major complaint is there's no open lines of communication between and that goes back to like what one of the reasons I will probably never work in a large company just because you know I don't like being yeah. silent off from every everybody I want to see who I'm I want to talk to who I'm working with and I don't like missing out on information better yet if I could be in the one and control that information you know Let's get the flow going. Everybody should talk to everybody. Everybody should know everything that's going on with the if they're involved. I completely agree with that. I think, I think they don't. It seems. I mean, I'm pretty sure they do follow some sort of ITIL plan. Doesn't sound it, like it. It doesn't seem. I mean, there's probably the implementation and all that stuff. Like, and there are some things like, hey, Kevin, uh, we're gonna roll. We're gonna roll this out. You want to be a beta tester for us and give us. Cool, that'll work for me. I'm cool with that. I'm all about trying new things. Then there's like, oh, we're rolling out this major tool and we're migrating from MPLS circuits to SD WAN and totally different way of how we support these sites. And <laughs> good luck. And we support. Oh, here's here's a story for you. Oh God. Night, kind of a nightmare story, actually, but minor. One of our sites that was migrated to SD-WAN, one of, so each site has two of the SD-WAN devices that connect into a core switch and then spread out from there. Different, separate circuits, all good. It's, it's built right and it's, it's organized, which is nice. Um, one of those devices needed to be RMA. Failed, failed miserably. It's one of our hot sites in Chicago. And I can say the city because I'm not mentioning my company. Um, <laughs> one of our hot sites in Chicago. And so we get the new IS, or, uh, SD-WAN box on Friday. Saturday morning at uh, 6 a.m. my time, 5 a.m. their time was when the replacement was replaced. Somebody was going to be on site to do it, do the physical whatever. They might have did the physical part Friday night because the device was down. doesn't matter. So when our change control window opens, we're able to hop, we try to hop into it. Literally supposed to be a couple of three clicks on our, uh, in the GUI. UI to get it up and running, get the config downloaded, and boom, it's back online. Problem was the interfaces on the box were admin down. Okay, so if they're admin down, they're not going to come up. And so we needed to somehow gain CLI access to it. And we had a console server on site that plugs into everything, so out of band access. And we got into it. We had to call our director, the one that is no longer with us, and say, hey, we need 
we need credentials to get into this. We have no idea. By the way, this was the very first RMA we'd done with, with this company. So he gives us credentials to log into it. The knock credential. Guess what we don't have? Password. Right access. So <laughs> we have no right access whatsoever. So we call back my director and say, hey, we have no right access. Oh, well, you need to talk to X person over in this, this team. Like, okay, cool. Now we had the SD-WAN company on the phone with us because this was our first RMA, first replacement. We wanted somebody there to hold our hand. Okay, so it's good. Understandable. It's understandable, just so we can actually write up a, 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 a SOP, whatever, how to how to actually do it properly. Yep. They couldn't log into it using their using their admin credentials because it hadn't reached out to the internet to the company to be able to download the config or any kind of password information, and whatnot. So they couldn't log in with their stuff. We contact the guy, say, the guy that we were told to contact, say, hey, we can't log in. We, we have our local creds. We can't log in. We don't have right access. So we need engineering's credentials. Now, you've, uh, you know, company, uh, ISP, SD-WAN company can log in with their credentials. No, they can't because they can't reach out to get the blah, 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 the hashes and whatnot. So we need write access to turn up these interfaces. Like, no, y'all need to figure something out. And like, I'm like, you're not making sense. It is Saturday morning at 6 a.m. We need to get this done so it doesn't impact productivity and business, blah, blah, blah. Give us write access or you log in and up the interfaces and then give us right access afterwards so we can do our job. He's like, no, you're not getting right access. I said, okay, fine. Every time we have an RMA, you are going to be the one that handles it. You're going to be the one to deal with it. You're going to do anything. The knock is going to be hands off. I have no authority to make that decision. I have no power whatsoever. I am low man on the totem pole. But he comes back. He's like, you don't get to make that call. I said, no, but I'm pretty sure my bosses will make that call. And anytime we have to do anything related, you're getting a phone call. It doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m., 6 a.m., 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever. You're going to have to deal with it because we can't do our job because you won't loosen your purse strings, quote unquote, to give somebody access because you're indispensable and it has to only be and he got mad, but I was right. I was a dick about it, but sometimes you got to be. Yeah. And literally, he logged he logged in with his credentials, and two seconds later, literally, I have config interface whatever blah blah up. It's Linux, so it's you know turning up an interface in a Linux command line. Takes thirty seconds, and he didn't want to do it. No, no, it's not that he didn't want it. He didn't want to give us the ability to do it. Because he would lose some kind of control, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just shooting, you know, guessing why he wouldn't do it, why he wouldn't let us have it. But 
if we're supposed to support it and it's our baby, why can't we support it? That was my if, if you can do what he can do, then he's not quite as valuable. Well, and I think he's on the engineering architecture team. So he designs the stuff. You know, him and his three-person team design what we do. But we get no input. We get no heads up. Hey, we're going to do this. How is this going to work with our flow, with your flow? Thankfully, our new director is pretty good about saying, you know, letting us know, hey, this is coming down the pipeline. It could happen. Might want to look into it, see if see if you could see any issues if it gets implemented and so forth. So I love my new director. And he's, you know, a couple thousand miles away in the UK. So that's even better. He's on the ball, though. Well, mm-hmm. we've been talking for over two two hours, almost two and a half hours. Got anything? I was going to say, uh, I'm I'm running out of battery, and my house is stupid, and everything is a two prong outlet, so I don't have a way to charge this thing in here. Oh, you guys want to say anything to finish up? Wash your damn hands. 